Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, and just like that, podcast starts now. <laughs> and just like that. <laughs> um, hi, everybody, and welcome to Stradio Lab, um, the only podcast that is not about what it says it's about. George, how the hell is it going? Sam, <laughs> off the bat, you have your sexy bed voice. Oh, my it God. It is making a comeback. The sexy bed voice is back. We are... You are in on the bedside, handing me coffee <laughs> and saying, I bought... The... It's a new one. I hope you like it. It's 11 a.m. on a Sunday for anyone at home. And wow, wow, wow. That is one of the earliest times you could record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 11 a.m. on Sunday is in many ways earlier than 6 a.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. Noon is noon on Sunday, but 11 a.m. is 8 a.m. And... Yeah. I'm 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 here. I'm present. I'm ready, and I'm hoping this sort of um, jolt of morning will uh, produce mm-hmm. something new inside of me. I did notice you are drinking a lemon lime Gatorade <laughs> again. I am drinking another lemon lime Gatorade, and I I can't believe you brought it up because I really thought you know we've already discussed it. I thought I could fly under the mm-hmm. radar. You thought wrong, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I had a lemon lime Gatorade, but it's finished now. So you are, I assume, hungover. A l- just a little, tastefully. It's Sunday. T- okay. And um, just tastefully. Not, it's not mm-hmm. painful. It's more um, just a little loopy. I would say I'm a little loopy as well. I've been 
in the habit now of ordering a digestif after dinner. And let me tell you something, it does wonders for feeling like shit the day after. Wow, it really adds to the feeling. It really, it, it really adds to the feeling. Oh yeah. You, I feel, have been, and you know, mm. you were talking before we started recording about holiday yeah. parties. I feel like you've really right. been hitting them hard. Last weekend, I would say, I have never felt so popular in my life. This weekend, on the other hand, I have not gone to any. Um, but last weekend, I, it, it really was one after the other. I almost wore my new corduroy suit to one, as you know, but then I decided not to. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you didn't wear it. Well, first of all, you know, at this point, our listeners will have listened to our previous episode where Max Witter tries to gaslight me into thinking it was a bad idea to order a suit on Cyber Monday. And what I have to say to him and to any other haters is that it actually fit me perfectly. But um, I don't know if it looks good. <laughs> oh, I hate when that happens. And so the thing with this suit is that it is it doesn't have padding. Huh. So I wear it and I look in the mirror. I still have my own body. That and that sucks. can be really sad. <laughs> Yeah, when your clothes show the real you. Yeah, I want them to hide it. Return them. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. So I think, I, I still think I like it and I'm going to wear it, but it wasn't the, you know, home run that I that I perhaps thought it would be when I was on the J. Crew website on, you know, a couple of Mondays ago. How long do you think it will have to sit in your closet for you to feel ready to wear it? No, I, you know what? I think I'm going to wear it. I think I'm going to test it out when I'm home around family. You know, in a safe space. Break it in. Break it in and then come back and be ready to wear it, let's say, for a Martin Luther King Day party. <laughs> yeah, which is always huge every year yeah. in New York City. I mean, the invites are rolling in, let me tell you. <laughs> I did. We went to a holiday party together That's randomly right. last weekend. And, you know, I will say it was one of those parties where I knew very few people and I got there insanely early. Yeah. Um, which is deeply embarrassing and i guess i'm only telling this uh as sort of a i'm sorry i'm i'm publicly apologizing for arriving so early and texting you <laughs> hurry <laughs> yeah that's right you did text me that it's interesting because during that party i would say you were being so charming and you know the zingers were coming out you were meeting new people you had so many things to say and yet i could sense an underlying sense of anxiety yeah, I was in I was in my nerve I was going nervous mode. Yeah. <laughs> I think meeting a full room of new people, I was kind of like, hold on. I don't have any real anchor. And so that was Do you feel like I was scary. an anchor like you could look at me from across the room and I could kind of make, you know, like the um what's that movie? Francis Ha <laughs> where where the friends look at each other across the room and they and they are like, "Okay, we're okay." Yeah, I did feel that. And it took you know, I did feel like baby bird vibes. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like I needed you there for right. like the first hour and a half. <laughs> and then you were like, okay, I'm going to go. And I was like, I'm going to be okay. Like I wow. can fly all on my own. I raised now. you and then <laughs> then you were able to go off to college. Yeah. Set me free. I was, I was a ladybird. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe I, you were two separate Greta Gerwig movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's a beacon. She is a beacon. Of, I love... Uh, women filmmakers and little women yeah little even. women little women filmmakers <laughs> little women filmmakers they have to be as tiny as possible can i tell i when i saw little women yeah i cried wow. start to finish i, love I started crying at the music at the intro <laughs> and i don't know why it was so weird 
Um, Thoughts? <laughs> no, I, that, this is interesting. I, um, I like Little Women a lot. And, and I, in fact, I know our guest did as well. But I, you know, it, period pieces I struggle with. Really? I'll say that. What what about them? I'm takes very you aware of, of the fact that people are wearing costumes. <laughs> it's like difficult. It's difficult for me to step into the fantasy. Wow. Even okay. So like a period piece that takes place in like old times. But mm-hmm. what about like a, one that's in the 70s? Does that, that take you out of it? Almost more so. <laughs> like the the idea of Mad Men, how everyone is dressed like that. I'm like, is it Halloween? Sure, sure, sure. So like. Although I, I'll say like Lady Bird, I was able to enter into that time. Like sure, I, I the, was okay the early with that, 2000s. I, 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 I felt, I felt right at home. What takes me out of it is the cars. When they have like cars from the past, I'm like, wait, how did you get that? Like, did you build that? <laughs> did you buy it on eBay? What right. happened? Yeah, I kind of get lost in the logistics of it too, <laughs> which is like that. I think I have that issue with a lot of entertainment where I'm like. God, this must have been really difficult to shoot. Or like, I hope that like, where, where does the actor end and the stunt double begin? And you know what? Obviously, as, you know, we both work in the entertainment industry, so for us, it's work. For us, watching a movie, that's work. Oh my God, watching a movie is work. I mean, opening HBO Max, you might as well be clocking in. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we actually go to HBO Max through Paylocity. We have to like first put in our employee number and then it takes us to the homepage. Little Women for me, I watch Little Women, I say, do I need to step in? You know, like, am I needed anywhere? It's hard for me to watch Little Women because every single role, I'm like, yep, I auditioned for well, that. Well, I auditioned yep, for I auditioned every for role, that. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like gonna be the Laura Dern part. Yeah, and they, I, I was gonna be Joe and they were like, too, you're too hot. Right. And so I, I couldn't. Yeah. I didn't well, they get told it. both of us we were too hot for every role. <laughs> they were like, you're supposed to be wholesome and you're just giving sex. Can yeah, you stop yeah, giving sex like, for one second? You're going to be so distracted because they're going to be um, wanking it <laughs> in the middle of the movie theater. <laughs> I actually take it. I, so I take it back. Like Little Women, I, I was able to enter the fantasy. I just. I, Somehow I was not, and I did cry, but I was not emotionally impacted as much as I thought I would be. Unlike, let's say, a movie like Wild. (laughs) (laughs) I never saw Wild. Wild is obviously, as everyone knows, one of my favorite movies. I've watched it around seven times. That's crazy to me. I know, I know. I I think we've talked about this, but yeah, it is. um, Wild has this like extended final sequence which I don't want to ruin, but like, it's not a, the biggest spoiler in the world, but she, as she's hiking, she runs into this like young boy. And then that takes her into like a whole memory in her own mind. And then she like finishes the trail and there's voiceover that's like talking about like what's going to happen for the rest of her life. And basically that 15 minute sequence, it's like the boy shows up, I start crying and I don't stop crying until the end credits. <laughs> wow. Anyway. I mean, we got to watch Wild. Do you know what I saw recently that I felt was so emotionally manipulative? What? Did you ever... Have you seen Come On, Come On? No. Have you seen 20th Century Women? No. Have you seen Beginners? Oh my God. Only half. Okay. So it's the same director. (laughs) It's suddenly you have to see every single fucking movie. It's unbelievable. It really is true that suddenly you have to see every movie. Don't you think, like, on average, that every person you meet now has seen more movies than, like, five years ago? It is so difficult. I don't know how people watch all these movies. It's almost like, not to get political, but there's something, um, 
there's something neoliberal about it where you're like why have you consumed so many things like what are you trying to prove george this is genius it is <laughs> it is absolutely neoliberal it's someone pretending they're doing work by watching a movie yes, and they're like well exactly. yes i'm educating myself i'm watching a movie and it's like actually you're not you're watching entertainment yeah you're watching a movie like <laughs> shut up shut up get over it <laughs> God. Wow. Everyone is literally being brainwashed by, you know, the DNC, <laughs> MSNBC. <laughs> like, I could go this, on. The, yeah. Host podcast once. I love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, here's what I'll say in terms of people that have brainwashed me um, through me listening to hours and hours of them speak. <laughs> Should we bring in our guest? I think that would be a, a really, really smart. I think she will have some incredible opinions on this. Okay. This is, you know, I'll say, I'll say this for me as a listener, if I was, if I was someone listening, I would perhaps call this the crossover event of the millennium. Wow. <laughs> That's me. That's, I think if I'm putting myself in the position of an average listener listening to this, that's probably the thought it would have. What do you think? Yeah, I think it is important. I think, <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking on cream cheese. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think if you are not excited about what is about to happen, you need to educate yourself and um, potentially learn something. And not by watching a movie, no, but by listening, by listening to, podcasts. to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. real work. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Listening to podcasts is the real work. Oh, yeah. Because they're boring and annoying. Exactly. Um, let's bring in our guest. Okay. Uh, please, please put your arms open for the one and only... <laughs> Lindsay Weber. How dare you talk about little women with me silent? I know. I, I did politely yeah. I'm really sorry. I love to do like, that. that was the most painful 30 seconds of my entire <laughs> podcasting career was having to sit there and watch you banter about my favorite it's not my favorite movie. One of my favorite uh, IP. It is. I'll say that. Of course, it's one of our, it's, it's an IP first and a movie second. Yes. Yeah. It's one of the all time IPs. Iconic IP is Little Women for me. Yeah. Just truly one of the best IPs there is. There is something about Little Women that is almost Marvel esque. Well, like it's, ba it's Batman for girls. Yes. It's Batman for girls. A hundred percent. And one of their powers is death. So that's really. <laughs> I don't see any Marvel superhero being like, I die every mm -hmm. time. And that's important yes. to the narrative. You know, I've never seen any of those Marvel movies, but I'm just, no. I'm just assuming. No, I, from what I understand, people do die, but then they're brought back to life through like some kind of time warp in the next the fuck? Work. Yeah. Or they're, are like, there no rules? They're brought back like gender Beth flipped. Beth can't come back. Yeah. Beth can't come back. Like there's no, um, you know, you can't suddenly have mm -mm. WandaVision and then Beth comes back. Yeah. You can't get scarlet fever and then come back <laughs> or right. something with like, better vision i don't know i don't know anything about marvel like truly don't speaking of watching no movies um well that's because you're resisting the neoliberal order by not watching marvel movies yeah it's true it's, it's a rebellion okay 90s little women versus uh most recent little women it's like the most impossible yeah this no it's 90s i mean i'm like poisoned by my nostalgia i'm i'm destroyed by it i mean Everything about that movie is like important to me. If I had to even intellectually describe why it would be just it would be nothing. It would make no sense. It's all like emotion and the score and the acting and who cares and uh, Laurie's so hot mm -hmm. and da da da. But it's like only from my 13 year old perspective that that is <laughs> yeah. the best movie in the whole world. It's also yeah. just such a trip watching because so many of those actors went on to become huge. 
Yeah. I mean, the foresight. How did they know? I, yeah. Even Susan Sarandon as Marmy was a huge get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, before <laughs> before she, of course, um, single-handedly elected Trump, <laughs> she was in Little Women. Yeah, she would go on to do incredible <laughs> yeah. things, you know? Um, here is something insane. I've never watched the 90s Little Women. Really? Have you? Yeah, I used to love it as a kid. Yeah. I, I am oh a Little Women stan. I remember the way Christian wow. Bale talked. And you know, I'm 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 of course a huge Kirsten Dunst stan and I still haven't watched it. Wow. Oh, she's extremely good in it. Yeah. No one compares. Yeah. She's so good that like usually they have the actress play herself young and old, like they did with Florence Pugh in the new mm-hmm. one. Kirsten was so good that they couldn't even she she had to be just the young Amy. She could not be the old Amy. Oh, really? They said, You are you are too annoying. You must stay the young. Yeah. <laughs> They had a different actress play the older one. Wait, who was Beth? Um, Claire Danes. Oh, right, 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 right. Whoa. In one of one of her most iconic yeah. crying, you know, they're all, remember that time we were all like, Claire Danes oh, cries, sure funny. Do. Like that was a big <laughs> culture moment. I worked at Vulture during that like conversation and it was like extremely annoying. It was like, okay, we get it. She cries. Oh yeah, you guys were really leading the conversation on Claire Danes crying. <laughs> The amount of gifts that I made that were like Claire Danes crying, like in this scene, in this scene. But that was like the original yeah. cry scene is when she dies. You know, I'll oh, say sorry, this about alert. that era of Homeland. I did have such a kind of there was an unadulterated joy I felt when watching that show that whose politics are very bad, I think, um, in retrospect. But there was something about it that was like, what's she gonna do next? One of um, my my co-host, who's sadly not here, one of his like greatest things that he loves to talk about is how good Homeland was all the way through, really? which I find fascinating. It's like no one in American culture, we, we, we accept that Homeland season one was great and yes. we love talking about it, but nobody watched it after that. We, how dare you even imply that that was a thing that people watched all the way through, you know? No, it's true. It's true. But he did. Homeland, for me, I didn't, I didn't watch it season one when everyone was addicted. And then as it, people were like, oh, it's bad now. I was like, oh, thank God. Now I don't have to get into it. <laughs> I was so I the grateful. Same way. That's how I feel about Succession. <gasps> right wow. now. People are like, it's not so good this season. And I'm like, great. Never watching it. No. Incredible. To, <laughs> yes. I can't believe you've. What a relief. Never watched it. To, I know. Here's what I'm like. Twitter must suck for you, right? <laughs> Yeah, it does. Yeah, whereas it's wow. really enjoyable it really for us. I log in every day and I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, whereas we, you know, we can engage in such a positive way. But yeah. I do feel like... But that's what that's what stopped me was because yeah. once I was behind, I was like, I can't possibly catch up. I would have to spend so much time racing. Yeah. And then I just got overwhelmed and I said, I'd rather watch something else. And I watched like season four of Selling Sunset. There is something so liberating about deciding you're going to opt out of a cultural moment. I felt that way with Queen's Gambit. I felt that way with Squid Game. I mean, Um, most Netflix shows, you can sort of be like, yeah, I want to sit this out. It really, I mean. Squid Game, great one to sit out. Amazing idea. Could not care less. I'm sorry. Like, no offense to to everyone involved. I'm sure they're all stars. (laughs) No offense. No offense to everyone involved. Netflix, it's actually sad because like, then there are good things on Netflix and they have to coexist with The Queen's Gambit. It's awful. Just <laughs> making something so beautiful and then Netflix buys it and you get a bajillion dollars, no, but then true. it has to be there next to like some documentary that like was made on YouTube <laughs> yeah. that they bought for 50 cents. You know, like that's just 
No one deserves no that, one. you know? No. Yeah, we work so hard. We work so hard. And we're, we're open we to a so Netflix hard. partnership, but that would be something we would keep in mind. So am I. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'd love them to pay me, but I just want to say how I would feel secretly. Lindsay, I have to ask you something because you mentioned your co-host. Um, is he upset that he is not invited to this particular episode? <laughs> okay, so what's funny is that He's not, but I don't want you to be offended by that. Okay. He, wow. <laughs> we both are doing guest spots on podcasts this weekend, but the one that he's on is called The Queer Quadrant. <laughs> so I would say we're all in the same boat. Okay, great, great, great. Technically, he is doing a very similar podcast. Mm -hmm. They talk about, I think, gay oh, movies. Okay. And I was like, how about you take that yeah. one and I'll take, yeah. I'll take this I one. I do, just in my defense, in case Bobby's listening, which I doubt he is, I he's, he's definitely not. not. <laughs> I was like, I just I feel like I have now met you many times and I've been in fact been to your apartment and I feel like I know you well. And the process of getting you on the pod started months ago. Whereas Bobby, I only met once very briefly. And that yeah. and in fact when I talked to you, you were talking about how difficult it is to have two people on a podcast, and we were like, oh, that's better to have one person, blah, blah. So I was like, it makes sense for the first person from Who Weekly to, to do the pod to be Lindsay. But once again, for all the Bobby heads out there, it's not personal. And like we and I, I love I love both co-hosts equally. No, you like me more. That's OK. But I <laughs> I stand by the fact that four people on a podcast is absolute yes. chaos. Like it is it is almost mean mm -hmm. to do that to your listener, uh, yes. to have four people on a podcast. It's just it's not I agree. nice, especially so when three of them are whole, gay men. That's my stance. Yeah. <laughs> you just, I don't understand how that's supposed to be consumed, mm -hmm. you know, by just a simple listener, especially at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> like, we wouldn't have not been able no. to do yeah, it. Yeah, that would have been rough. I do feel maybe you're pointing something out that, like, it would be fun to sort of push the boundaries of how many guests we can have Stop. on a single podcast that's at a right. single time. That's the most. <laughs> That's amazing. We'd like to have like potentially eight people in a, in a room. All of Little Mix. That would be I incredible. I mean, you just uh, <laughs> you just hired an editor. I'd love to see them take <laughs> yeah. on this. Yeah. You're like, welcome to the team, yeah. hon. Yeah. Here's a 25 person. Podcast. It would be funny if like <laughs> our goal with the editor was like to ruin his life. <laughs> like he was like, oh, I'm so excited to work with you guys. Love the pod. And we were like, yeah, you fucking better. It's literally a reality show. I We're mean, like, if you're gonna be an editor, you're gonna need to handle really difficult tasks. Yeah, here's you 17 different MP3s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, all Every of file different quality. Is gonna be a different kind of file. One is an MP3, one is an M4A, and one is a video, and and another one is is in DVD form. You joke, but like this is my whole life. Like I'm cringing thinking about all of these things that uh, could happen. You know, because we edit the pod and it's. Uh, it's hard. It's hard labor. It is hard labor. You guys say. are it's lucky you don't have guests. Although we love all our guests. <laughs> Truly, nothing but respect to all of our guests. Nothing but respect to all of our having guests. having a functional podcast. <laughs> yeah. No guests. No guests. Lindsay, how would you feel about doing our first segment? Oh, I I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, good. We have some good ones for you. <laughs> I hope. Mm. Um, Lindsay, our first segment is called Straight Shooters, and in this segment, we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of nonsensical rapid-fire questions wherein you have to choose one thing out of many, um, and the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions about how it works. Do you copy? 
Yeah, I'm ready. No, I I am straight, but I also really got a good infusion of straight culture because yesterday I went to the gym and I walked through SantaCon after. Wow. And when I tell you the Santas, first of all, it's like 65 degrees yesterday for some reason. We're in hell. But the Santas were drunk. They were naked. A lot of them Ooh. were like clothless, yeah. just not wearing clothes. Um, and I felt at the same time I was repulsed, mm -hmm. but I was also literally so happy that the Santas were back. And then I felt guilt for feeling happy about the Santas. And I was like, I've never felt more emotion. Like it, I really felt so extraordinarily moved by SantaCon this year. And I'm still suffering from that realization. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, I, I completely agree with you. I, I think full justice for SantaCon. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think these people, no. they, the, the straight worst people you've ever met deserve to get in little costumes and go be stupid with each other. I also, you forget how popular it is yeah. too. And then you're surrounded. Yeah. Ugh. I, my first year in New York, like was just like walking around when like SantaCon happened around me. And I was like, this is, I, I thought it was magical. I was like, look at all these stupid Santas. This is fun. But especially like post pandemic, I'm just, or post uh, yeah. uh, 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 <laughs> whatever pandemic. I'm like, wow, the Santas are back, baby. New York is back. We're all here. And then literally one of them, I think called me a bitch. And I was like, <laughs> wow. I love New York. I live in heaven. Is that is very sex in the city. I don't think he called me a bitch, but some drunk Santa was like, bitch, to like walking by a bunch of women, and I was one of the women. Yeah. So bitch to women in did. general. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, wow, this is awful. I'm so happy they can do it, you know? Yeah. The thing with Santa in SantaCon is like, sometimes you think maybe you'll interact with them and it'll be fun, and then they'll respond with like the most insane no. thing you've ever heard. And you're like, oh, wow, you're, right. you should be in prison. <laughs> right. I think that's right. Like you look, don't yeah. touch, you know, like it's yeah. very much like it's a you it's a it's a presentation. Yeah, it's like it's respect an, their culture. Don't try to like don't don't try to no. like enter yes. it. Yeah. God no. Exactly. But I loved walking through it. Totally. I felt like I was an interactive theater. Yes. You know, I was I it was around me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's honestly more well conceived than than a lot of interactive theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. Drag them. And that actually gives me an idea for an interaction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that should be <laughs> interesting. Um, well, sorry, I no, you oh, no, 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 no. studied. In fact, my first straight shooter for you is SantaCon or QAnon. Well, it's SantaCon for sure. Okay, being a bride or being a ride or die. Mm. Oh, being a ride or die. Kids by MGMT or Sleepyhead by Passion Pit. <laughs> wow. Um, definitely Kids by MGMT for sure. Um, mansplaining, manspreading, or manipulating. <laughs> manipulating. Wait, I think man it would be funny if you tried to make manipulating happen as like a manspreading, and then everyone was like, "No, that's just, that's like how the word is. Like, it doesn't work." And you were like, "Sounds like you're manipulating." You're me. manipulating me. Um, okay, Lindsay, raw denim or a little more personal parentheses raw by Lindsay Lohan. Oh, wow! Uh, a little more personal parentheses raw by Lindsay Lohan. Okay. Putting a man on the moon or putting a bun in the oven? <laughs> well, since the first never happened, uh, putting a bun in wow. the oven. <laughs> she really came with opinions. <laughs> okay, Lindsay. 
Macklemore winning a Grammy for Same Love or Meryl Streep winning an Oscar for The Iron Lady? Oh my God. Um, Jesus, how do you even, <laughs> I guess, I guess Meryl, yeah, I guess Meryl. Yeah. Okay, tweeting about liking Succession, tweeting about hating Succession, or reading an entire book. <laughs> I'd love to say reading a book, but I simply don't do that either. So um, the liking a tweet about Succession, like as if I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, yeah Kendall, wow. et cetera. I'm, it, I would love to jump into your brain and like read Twitter as someone that doesn't know anything about Well, Succession. that is how I felt about Squid Game. People would post that photo of that like giant doll and I'd be like, okay. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, I get it. I pretty much understand what's going on here. People would literally be like, you know she knows the tea. And I'd be like, retweet. <laughs> wow. I always feel like it's, it's a safe bet to just like choose any either female character or female uh, presenting doll <laughs> and then just post a picture. Well, that's what people, when people talk about, what's her face, Sarah? Snook. What's her yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Shiv, Shiv or whatever. They're like, Shiv, like, yeah, girl, yeah. or whatever, like, whatever, whatever they're saying. I'm like, I could not tell you what this character is like right. based on the reaction to this character. Well, some... I don't think she's like <laughs> the way that people describe her. Somehow it's become completely acceptable to just like, for truly like straight, like for anyone to just post like, well, the one thing Shiv's gonna do is have a giant ass. And then people are like, woo! Like, right. Like, what? Well, to be fair, she is she gonna have a, a giant ass, ass every single episode. As somebody who watches, she has a giant yeah, she ass. She has a giant ass. And, you know, that is a big part of her character, I would say. Yes. I feel like they're like really trying to show it off. <laughs> God, I do love her. This is like when I, I feel about her, it's a very like the most base instincts of like a gay man come out where I'm like, every time she's on screen, I'm like, okay, mama. <laughs> yeah, get what's yours, darling yeah. dear. Meanwhile, she's like an absolute idiot on the show. Like, I feel like, sorry, we can't do this to Lindsay. We can't do this. We I really like, can't do I'm so sorry, first, Lindsay. First, we bring up Little Women no, when I'm, she's I'm silenced. Pulling... Now yeah. we're bringing up Succession when she yeah. is allowed to speak. Yeah. No, I love this. I absolutely crave this. I love this. Please, I'm just, the the fiction, the fan fiction in my yes. mind of what this show is about is just stunning. And actually, honestly, <laughs> I'm not tooting my own horn, but I bet I'm writing a better show oh. in my, like my <laughs> fantasy of what this is, is better than Succession. I bet you are. Cause something that people, I feel like so much of it is literally like essentially nothing happens. It's like people yelling like, fuck off at one another. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sure you are, you can imagine like a better corporate intrigue scenario. But speaking of television, yeah. I am like, this is one of the topics that I'm like, let's just get into it right from the beginning. Well, and speaking of HBO, tent And poles. speaking of HBO. HBO. I mean, I've been, yeah. I can't stop thinking about it. I really, it's, this is huge for us as a culture. I like, completely agree. It's incredible. Sam texted me, in fact, and I never got back to him. He never responded, never, never liked responded. it, did nothing. <laughs> but Sam's it last said, text. It says red, but no right. response. Wait, I have red has, receipts on? You have read receipts on. Uh, no, I keep uh, trying you didn't to know turn that? them off. Oh my God. Oh you my had God, them on for so like awkward. ever. That I is so awkward. I literally, at some point, Matthew told me I had them turned on. And then I was like, what? And then I turned them off. And then I was under the impression that since then they've been turned off. No, oh they're God, on. There are so uh, many cases in which I've been like, sorry, just saw this. And it probably has already said red. A hundred percent false. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. What a realization. Oh my God. I cannot. Why is it so difficult to not have red receipts on? 
<laughs> it is something I've struggled with for years. Every it's like literally two the months. easiest thing. No one else has this issue except for you. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I'm gonna turn them off today. Anyway, the point is, the text was, despite the obvious painful parts of and just like that. Dot dot dot. I'm all in. Oh, exactly. I mean, that could not. That could not. I agree yeah. so much. It's like I felt joy mm-hmm. i felt sadness i felt i was crying i was crying of it. i was like why am i why am i sobbing right. through this show like what ha- i thought this was a comedy you know and still i felt like the girls are back everyone's back the random character from season two is back i don't know why I know. she's what back love that? her <laughs> i i susan sharon <laughs> i thought that was so genius i love that the new york like um cinematic universe being back like i was like yes exactly i want the Their version two. of new york is back yeah. it was incredible like right it's funny that they tried so hard to like make everything i feel like they're they're like okay it's updated for 2021 blah blah and yet carrie's closet is the size of madison square garden like it's only gotten bigger the apartment does take me out of it no it's it's incredible. They're they're richer mm-hmm. than than we even remembered. Like seriously, like we they always were kind of just generally yes. rich and didn't have to worry about anything and never took the subway, et cetera, et cetera. Now the wealth is just incredible. Like it's just they don't even yeah. give a shit anymore to try and pretend. Uh, Miranda <laughs> took the subway in one of the episodes and I was like, I've never seen any of these women underground. This is incredible. I absolutely love it. Well, we're at a new place. Well, cause that's because Miranda is middle class. <laughs> Well, now that you can, I guess, like use your credit card to swipe yeah. in, maybe she was like, finally, <laughs> so like, easy. tap to pay. <laughs> to be completely fair, the tap to pay is so easy. Incredible. I absolutely Incredible. love it. Yes, we love tech. The best thing that's ever happened in New York <laughs> in the past year. So here's what I realized the other day is that Kim Cattrall, of course, said no to the Sex and the City reboot in favor of doing the How I Met Your Mother reboot and the Queer as Folk reboot. Isn't that interesting? Oh, I didn't think about I that. I did not think of it that way. It's like an entire cottage. Like there's no, there are no options anymore that aren't reboots. Well, also she chose reboots that she wasn't in yeah. over the one that she was in, yes. which is funny. That is funny. And I think, and honestly, I think she, I don't know about how I met your mother, although I support Hilary Duff, um, who is going to be the star. You support <laughs> yes. Hilary Duff. But yeah. Queer as Folk, I do feel like Kim Cattrall would fit in great in. I don't know what exactly she's going to do, but but I am excited to see it. I mean, I think people want Kim Cattrall as Samantha, yeah. which I love. Yeah. And she's like, I will not be giving you that. I'll be giving maybe Samantha-esque characters on other shows and you'll have to be watching those. And to that, I say, sure. Right. But I also felt like, um, even though I knew intellectually that she wasn't in the show for a very specific reason, when she was mentioned and talked about on the show, I felt so moved. I was like, where is she? Why won't she come hang out with her friends? And that's the power of the show. And I don't understand. I know. It's just incredible. It's working for me in such a big way. Wow. That's, the way they're dealing with Samantha is like, feels so correct. Like, it's just like, yeah, that is kind of real. Like, you falling out of touch with a friend you, in a way. Yeah, do you think that, yeah, what if your friend decided not to use you as a publicist? What would you do? <laughs> well, I'd fucking would move to leave? London. Move to- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've all dealt with this in our lives, you know? Yeah. Our friend says, I need a new publicist. This is the New York experience. We have, I mean, we have certainly, I have been fired by friends in the past. <laughs> um, yeah. And I Huge. hold on to it every day. If my friend fired me as a publicist and her main job was podcast, I don't know how offended I would be. <laughs> That's but right. 
Like, shit happens. I mean, I also, I'm sorry, but like, I don't understand why she fired her. Like, is is the argument that you don't need a publicist if you're doing podcasting? We never got this backstory. I have to say, based on how it looks like, it looks like Carrie's kind of flopping left and right in her podcasting career. So I honestly think she would do well with having a publicist. <laughs> yeah, why is Carrie on a podcast? I mean, as we're on a podcast talking about right. this, this is actually a great place yes, to talk about agreed. this. Why is Carrie on a podcast? So I'm a little you know? confused. Is she trying to, is she trying out to be a permanent host of that show? Unclear. We don't like, know. I thought it was like a regular sort of guest. It's kind of how I oh, read it. Oh, okay, okay. They're like a round table. Yeah. It's like a round table podcast okay. or or whatever. And Carrie is one of the talking heads, okay, maybe? Okay, okay. Yeah. And the other ones are... Yeah, well... I, I mean, that's say, the part that hurt, obviously. I, that part was so bad. It, I, I have to say, I am not as all in as you two appear to be. <laughs> Wow. I, I would say I'm I'm more all in than the average person. Like I, I I was like I'm I reject the premise that it's like you know, completely bad. I don't I'm like gonna keep watching. But I do think Okay, so I'll say this. When it started and then there was that line about how like Miranda stepped on her son's semen, <laughs> a lot of people were grossed out by that. I was like, this is sex in the city dialogue. Like yeah. we need more yes. of this. Like and so if there had been more, because honestly what was missing was the sex. And mm -hmm. I understand if the three of them don't want to have explicit sex scenes anymore. I mean, they're like, you know. Oh, you missed when Big jerked it before he died? Well, you didn't, Lindsay, you he didn't see that barely scene? did that. He like I know, I was like, give me more. And then, and then he was like, come here, come here, kid. <laughs> I don't know what about that didn't yeah. work for you. It certainly worked for the rest of us. I would have loved it if there was just before his death, if Big had... <laughs> shown his full erect penis and <laughs> jerked off to completion on camera. Then I would maybe be all I, in. I agree with you. We're missing a like pitter patter of the old yeah. show. That makes this show seem like the movies, which is like- Thank you for saying that. A problem, because those aren't good. Yes. I mean, I think it's because, sorry, they, I think it's because they had a lot to like figure mm -hmm. out in these first two. They had to like set up all the things that you were asking, like where's Samantha? What happened to Big, blah, blah. I hope, I think, that it gets back to, like, its silly self. Yes. Because I also agree that it's, like, it doesn't feel like the old TV show. It doesn't feel like Sex yeah. and the City. Like, it needs to be, like, you know, downtown Miranda was shining her shoes. Uptown Samantha was, like, getting shined by, I don't know, like, in the ass shiner. or, like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, like, what we need, yes. you know? And I do think that they want to give us mm -hmm. that. The cum in the, that she steps on is, like, the beginning, you know? That's the... They want that for us. I'm. I have so much faith in these I writers. Have, like, I believe. They. I, they want I, I have to believe. I. It's. It's the new religion. Yeah. I. We need it. We need it. I also felt like watching it. Just the sheer time passing between like the '90s and now was like just destroying me in a way that like boyhood found dead i was like oh, getting the same actors to be like <laughs> just like dealing with aging steve's death, steve's death? <laughs> i was like this hurts me this hurts me in such a real way like i feel life and how small it is <laughs> just by watching this show and it feels dark it's moving. but yeah it's moving no it, it mm. i think it is honest and i also think frankly like I, a lot of people complain about like the cringe elements it's like that to me is the most authentic part because Sex and the City was always cringe. It was always dealing with something like, you know, it's like 
Carrie dates a bisexual, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's always dealing with quote unquote, like current, uh, you know, uh, you know, cultural questions in like the most cringe way possible. Like, yes. so it is very on brand for Miranda to like completely, you know, yes, eat shit in that interaction she has with the professor in at Columbia or whatever. And Carrie was a sex writer, but her whole yes. bit was that she was Agreed. trying things that offended her. Yeah. Her whole bit was like, I went to a swingers club and like, that was crazy. And like, you know, that was like her perspective. Her perspective was not of having experienced anything. It was about putting herself into situations. So like when she's like big, like have you jerked it in public? Like that was like really actually a pure example of what her old column was I for those of us who, agree. you know, read every issue yes. of the star. <laughs> No, I think that the three current stars are like politically conservative. <laughs> Whereas I think Samantha was the one that was like adventurous. Yes. So if you're going to take Samantha out, that means, I mean, to be honest, I'm like the, the three characters, is it three characters that they add? I mean, it's like the professor, the podcaster and- Each girl gets a friend. That's oh, the sure. crazy thing about this is they give everyone a friend. Of course, it's a person of color and they're well, like- yeah. And I don't, I, yes. And I don't want to get in, like, it is not my place to crit critique this, but like the fact that they literally gave each white woman a woman of color friend, like, it could have been a little less obvious. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, but none of the, I guess, I guess Che is like sexual and sex positive. Yeah. But, but none of those women give Samantha to me. Like, I wanted one of them and, and, yeah, I, I wanted one of them to give more of a Samantha energy. I think there's a woman that hasn't come yet. Which is who's Carrie's <laughs> Not, best that friend? Sense. Who's Carrie's friend? Yes. <laughs> Carrie's uh, friend. Yes. Who I think is her realtor. Okay. Is this woman who I think is the Samantha that they are trying to. Perfect. But maybe Brady is the Samantha since he's the only one fucking. He really in is. The, yeah. the way they drive that home and they're like in the living room and hearing him like knock on the wall. <laughs> Him making out at the piano recital, I was like, "Why? Well, you, we get it. You don't have to have this. Like that is so unreasonable." Yeah. No, making out at the piano recital, and then when, and then when Miranda like calls him out, he's like, "Don't sex shame us." It's like, okay, like stunning, just incredible. So stupid. So stupid. Wait. Okay. So let's. Lindsay, you brought us Sex and the City as your topic. Yes. And, you know, technically, and just like that, it's sort of a, <laughs> it's maybe even a different topic. But, um, like, what, why did you bring us Sex and the City today as a straight topic? Well, you asked for, like, yeah, like a straight, I just feel like Sex and the City is very straight. And I do think that there are arguments to the contrary, but they're wrong, you know? <laughs> of course. It is... It is a heterosexual New York City, mm -hmm. you know? It is Santa Con. Mm -hmm. It is it is it is everything that I feel like we don't engage in, but it exists. It's the undercurrent. But Sex and the City was able to take that and serve it up on a plate and we ate it because we we're like we love this. But I do think that Sex and the City is ultimately very straight, you know? Not just cuz they're all straight. Kind. Yeah, in the original, no, yeah. No, it's it's like a vision of Sex and the City. It's it's also like in ways that we probably don't even realize, like the way we conceptualize what it means to like be an adult in a trying to live like some kind of glamorous life in the big city is all from Sex yeah. in the City. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. We're all doing like Sex in the City cosplay yes. at this point in our lives, which is 
insane. Uh, and actually thinking about that makes me feel crazy. But like, even when like Miranda moves to Brooklyn and it's like a huge yep. plot line. When I moved to Brooklyn, I felt the plot line and I was like, whoa, my life is like folding in on mm -hmm. itself. Wow. I mean, to be honest, it's hard to be podcasting now that and just like that is part of, like has podcasting in it because I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I sound like Sarah Ramirez character like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really like, oh, no, the like who's the Che of this podcast? I know everything. Every word I'm saying feels like scripted in a weird way now. I'm like, oh, no, I need to figure out a different like cadence or something. <laughs> woke moment woke moment that was um, one of the I mean, more psychotic was, elements of that episode like who has the sound buttons they were like that was like very like shock jock morning show again straight culture <laughs> but it was also like what is this what does that mean like what is a woke moment in the context of this show they and were using it pretty whenever they felt like it yeah <laughs> right like what are the politics of that show even like who i know yeah that yes exactly this is this is my question it's like what is that show <laughs> it's like because it's kind of like a, a hodgepodge of like various words and kind of characters or or, or, or not prototypes right. what's the word like archetypes that that you would imagine exist in podcasting right it felt like the the show was like her being like pegging Karen. exactly and it's like yeah. it was just like it was just like what's the like what is our point yeah. here we're just saying things we're just saying sex things right well yes and it was also <laughs> unclear whether or not so is it a woke podcast where she's like sex positive and she you know calls out carrie for being a you know boring white person or is it a shock as you said or is it like or they're like the non-binary Joe Rogan <laughs> and which is a good that concept. is a good concept and I would <laughs> prefer it honestly if it was that and I do think it's leaning more towards that yeah fascinating because fascinating yeah I mean we don't know that's what's so also an, another amazing thing about Sex and the City is what are their politics the best part about Sex and the City for me is that we know that Cynthia Nixon ran for mayor, mm -hmm. right? Governor, governor. mayor, what'd governor. you run for? Okay, thank you, governor. And so we know that like seeps into my mind when I watch, and I also know that she's gay. So I'm mm -hmm. like, what's gonna go, like Miranda and Cynthia are like the same to me now. And I cannot take that apart. So now I'm like watching that being like, what's gonna happen here, right? And like, Well, well don't just, you think that they're gonna make her <laughs> cheat on Steve with Che? Yes. Yeah. Are you kidding? Like, oh, as soon as yeah, possible. It's like very clear. Duh, my dumb Rina's ass. Rina's having a nervous breakdown. She's having a midlife crisis that will be solved by Che. Uh, yeah, I mean, also like, okay, so we need to, I, I wanna like talk a little bit more about the original, but like the fact that Miranda on her way to class orders alcohol at like 10 a.m. That was a little Oh, she has a drinking too problem too. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yes. But like that was a little much for me. Like, to drop To be like getting off the train at Columbia, like my new life, and then going straight to a bar at 10 a.m. That felt cruel to me. That was really, that was crazy to throw that yeah. in for us. Cause we were there to see the girlies living their best lives yeah. in the twilight year. Just kidding. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in the best years of their life. Just joking. That's so mean. And um, we had to encounter alcoholism immediately. Alcoholism, that was shocking. I mean, your body deteriorating, uh, your husband's dying. Um, you know, what's Charlotte's thing? Oh, what? Charlotte's thing is that 
her child is in some way queer. We're not sure yet, yet if it's, right. uh, you know, if it has to do with sexuality or gender identity, but something's, something's up. <laughs> when she teared up at Che's comedy show, I cried. I was like losing my shit. This show has a power on me that I, it's embarrassing. I was like, I can't believe I'm emotional watching fucking Kristen Davis sob at a comedy yeah. show like this is insane i don't Wait, think i've gotten to, to that episode I, when was yet that? do you have screeners oh. do you have oh. screeners <laughs> yeah, I do. Lindsay. I do i do i'm sorry i'm sorry that was in the next season oh my god cut that <laughs> Wait. so how many episodes have you seen i've seen four <gasps> i got three and four wow. they're all mixing into one sorry in three and four they go to chase yeah, comedy well, that's show also in the preview and... so i so it's i think it's not as yeah boring. and chase like chase like be yourself like that's their comedy, which I, their comedy is like, Got, not comedy. See, you guys will like love Nanette. this comedy. You will absolutely love this comedy. Okay. You're going to die. Okay. It's like Nanette, but there's no like twist. It's just like, yeah, everyone here is great and be yourself and love okay, who so you love. Okay, so then they're not non-binary. My family again. accepts me. <laughs> no, they're like, they're like non-binary. Um, what's her face? Who's the? Hannah Gatsby. Uh, no, like, like. Abby Womba, who's Abby Womba, uh, Glennon Doyle, like they're, they're oh, like, a, I see. they're like a, com like a comedy version. It's very, it's a very strange okay. comedy because they're making jokes, but the jokes are like inspiring okay. and like about being yourself, you know? Huh. <laughs> All right. It sounds, sounds good. Well, I love the fact, I mean, it is also very Charlotte to be inspired by like a yes. inspirational stand-up comedy routine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I hope each one of the girls has sex with Che and it does something different for each and every one of them. That would be a great <laughs> right, like, premise. I right, like Che makes me feel weird, that whole thing, but if Che is like the the tool mm -hmm. that all the girls have to have sex with Che and that's like the that's part of the show, I'm so yeah. down. Like that's great. I think that would be that's really great. nice. I mean anything for anyone to have sex. Also, Sarah Mira's very, very hot and like has just like a really um hot energy to me. I always felt like way, that way, even with Grey's Anatomy. I When they were on Grey's Anatomy, I remember being like, because they hooked up with like the- With George. The, with George. And I remember being like, George was the one that I was really into. And so I was like, oh yeah, this is yeah. very hot. Yeah, and that actor's gay. And also Sarah Ramirez is most iconic for their role in You've Got Mail. Do you know the part what? I'm talking about? At Zabar's? I do not. Where no. he goes to, Tom Hanks goes to Zabar's and runs into Meg Ryan and they're at the checkout and she can't she's trying to check out and it's like uh uh Rose goes get in another line you know that part oh, that sounds and he says happy th he pays for her oh. and then he says happy thanksgiving and she, and and she says happy thanksgiving back that happy thanksgiving back or sorry they say happy thanksgiving back <laughs> okay do you know do you know this part i'm not doing a good job describing it <laughs> i mean i'm like i'm like do I? I i do know this i do know this part i guess i didn't realize that's who that was <laughs> how old are they it, like they're young i guess yeah okay interesting they're young but yeah they play the checkout person at zay bars in that scene where they run into each other and it's credit card only in the line which is stressful as any well, new yorker knows you know uh tony winner Oh, really? Wow. Huh. Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Tony winner. Um, okay, wait. So 
So, yeah, I, we, so back to '90s <laughs> Sex in the City. Oh my god, how can it even compare to the new one? It makes it seem like we love the new one more than the old one, which is I know. hilarious. Wait, also, I just want to say I completely agree with your assessment that it is more like the movies than the TV show. And so I like it in the same way. I mean, the second movie is a bigger topic, which we cannot get into. But like the <laughs> first movie, movies aren't pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. The <laughs> no. first movie was like. It was like, oh, how fun to be with these ladies in this format. Like, and it, and it was it was like exactly as good as it needed to be. It was fun. It had its jokes. Like, it had the, you know, whatever. Like Samantha with sushi on her, <laughs> and to me, that's what I'm getting out of this, out of this one, which is fine. I'm glad that it's a series because it means that eventually maybe we'll get a few episodes that are just like the yes. standard A plot, B plot, C plot of it all. We want, we crave that. We need, you know, we need that. But it is almost too shiny and too 2021 to give us yeah. that. It's hard to replicate that TV. Like we, we can't, I don't know if we can do that. Like it doesn't exist. It even looks insane, you know, if you compare it to the old one. They're so glossy. Yeah. So, Lindsay, in terms of the original four, which one were you? My God. Well, the I think the best part about Sex and the City is that everybody was a Carrie until they weren't. Right. And that's like the realization that Carrie was not perfect and not like the the kind of neutral one is like the process of getting old and realizing that you're not that yeah. is amazing, I think, because like. Everyone's like, I'm the writer, like I'm the main star, I'm the narr- I'm the protagonist, I'm the main character. And it's like, whoa, like you're not. And also <laughs> she's annoying. And I love that about the show. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Lindsay, then which one did you identify as like when you were younger and watching the show? I think I'm like, um, I well, I thought I was a Carrie because I'm like, I'm a writer. But I think now, I think I'm a Miranda with like a, like a chaos Charlotte, okay. you yeah. know? Like totally. I think I'm, I think I'm like, dour with like a type a streak mm, that totally. <laughs> i still think of myself as a carry if i'm being completely honest i do too oh my god you're the main character oh my god you're both but the main you know character. what though, but here's what i'll say like not to <laughs> not to give myself too much credit but like i almost feel like i identify with carrie because of her flaws more than because she's like the main character like i'm like I see, like, she is, like, sometimes a bad friend and sometimes a bad girlfriend and, like, has complete delusions of grandeur and, like, is actually way less compelling than she thinks she, like, she, it's almost like she has main character syndrome and she's, she often runs into the fact that, like, she can't just act like the main character all the time, kind of. I don't know. I I feel like I, I almost, I, like, relate to the, um the delusions. No, that's a great, I think that's a great take yeah. because that's what I love. Okay. Not again, not the talking about the reboot. I love that the <laughs> reboot has the history of us coming to this realization and the writers who are essentially writing sex in the city fan fiction right. <laughs> are taking from years and years of people saying, Oh, Carrie is not actually great. Carrie is flawed mm-hmm. and working it into this version of Carrie and that to me is just the metaverse of it all. I yeah. love it so much. <laughs> I do feel, you know, we have to address that, um, you know, Sex and the City uh, gay men are obsessed with it. Um, I think, yeah. How do we reconcile it being a straight show yeah, that gay why? men love? 
Well, I mean, <laughs> why? I mean, can you believe that they, the two gay men characters, had to I, marry each other? Well, I that's offensive. Well, yes, <laughs> not just that, but then like to have. I mean, it was just a different time. Like to have the opening scene of that second movie be Liza Minnelli doing single ladies for a so... gay wedding. We can't. The second movie is. We just. I, I actually cannot talk about the second. Second movie is not canon. We don't recognize <laughs> no. it. Actually, it's just. It's not part of the legacy. We. It's gone. And yet, it should be in a museum. It is. It like really the, should. Like the most <laughs> shocking study. piece of media I've ever seen in my life. I completely like. It really is, <laughs> and it didn't age. It's not that it didn't age well. It wasn't. It didn't age well day two. Yes, one hundred percent. No, it, it's very true. Yes. Um, for so you, many reasons, like it, can it, you right? Can you imagine every reason there can yeah. be being like a woman that loves Sex and the City? It's opening day of Sex and the City two. You are so excited. You and your girlfriends are going to the theater, and you sit there and watch them like go to the Middle East and like be offensive in a million different ways. <laughs> can you imagine? Just I would like to your life. I would like to defend one culture. thing, which is that. I'm uh -oh. sorry, but Lawrence of Mylabia is an iconic <laughs> line. <laughs> Everything yeah. around it. We definitely it... need, we need it yeah. in this like, new show, like, I think. The yes. Lawrence of, Mal of Mylabia. Yes. I was literally talking about this with someone. I was like, what this needs is just a pinch of Lawrence of Mylabia. Yeah, I mean that, but that's like what you're, but that's actually a good, the Samantha yes. of it all is missing. Yes. And that is actually a good example yeah. of that. No. It's like, who is going to say that bullshit? You know, totally. um, I saw a tweet that was like, um, sorry to quote, I, I truly do not remember who this was, but it was like, if Samantha was there, she'd be like, she'd like cheer Carrie up by being like, honey, no one likes a widow with wrinkle lines or something, you know, like something like that. And it's like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like I, it is true that Probably. neither of the other two will say that to Carrie, and then that will, like, the, I, I can so easily imagine like Samantha trying to like force Carrie to get back in the game and like making her go out with someone, and then Carrie like bursting into tears because she thinks of Big, and like that being like a whole, you know. I mean, when in the original, when Miranda's dad dies yeah. or mom, mom dies or something, yeah. they like there's an episode about how none of them can handle yes. grief well. Like that was like part of it. And you get a taste of like what Samantha would be like, which is exactly mm -hmm. like that, like useless. Yes. Like not helpful 100%. at all, but also like helpful in her own way, you know, mm -hmm. and it's she is missing. And I think that's why they like subbed in Stanford. They're like, yeah. this has to be like the Samantha character, because like in this new version, he's like very mean, which I love. Like, I absolutely love that he's an asshole, mm -hmm. but like it is definitely picking up the slack for no Samantha. Yeah. So sad. There is something about the gate, like Mario Cantone and R.I.P. Willie Garson, where their characters in the original were so like, I don't even want to say offensive, but like so kind of um, cart cartoonish. What am I trying to say? Like just so deeply, like they affected how I thought of gay men in such a, in such an intense way. And then of course the back, you know, then reconsidering that as like a someone in my early twenties, whatever. Like there's so, there's such loaded characters that I can't even deal with them trying to make them like more complex. Like it is, I have done too much internal work to now have to like deal with them like being fully fledged three dimensional characters and being married. And that's why it's so, that's why a reboot is so annoying yes. because it's like, we all agreed that that was like an offensive moment and like we need to move, that was like not a great vibe. But then like, 
the writers who are writing this are like, no, we're gonna like redeem. I and know. then you, it like fucks everything up. And you're just like, let it, let's like bring in a new person yeah. or something like that. We don't need to redeem these people. Yeah, there's no way to do the reboot without engaging with like the metatextual elements, as people say. <laughs> you know, it's like, and someone was saying this about like the, the new Matrix. They were like, oh, like, Lana Wachowski is definitely going to address the fact that the term red pilled has now changed me. Like, it's going to be something about how, like, people people in the alt-right don't understand what the red pill is, which I, I think is, like, I understand. And if I were her, I would want to do that, too. But, like, then it takes you out of it because suddenly it's about, like, the cultural narrative of The Matrix or Sex and the City and not, like, the story itself. Exactly. Sometimes I think the, like all the cringy moments they're giving us in the first two episodes are like almost a bone, like give us something to like hate on yeah. so that like we <laughs> like feel smart because they know that we're going to hate on something. So it's like, yeah. just hate on the stuff that sucks. And then totally. like the other stuff. I mean, it is a bold move to begin with like such a sad storyline. Yeah. Like yeah. not just to kill off someone, but then not even almost, I mean, okay, I'll say this, like, there is a world in which, for instance, Big, like they made it into a joke, Big died while he was masturbating or something. Like the old <sighs> Sex in the City would do something like that. And then it's like. Right, like it would open with like, oh, so sad that Big already had died. Yeah. He has been dead for a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. He died in a freak sex yes, accident exactly. or something. <laughs> and he cheated and we mm -hmm. hate him. Like it would have given us a better. Yeah. Now we have like a depressed grieving widow carrie and we're supposed to be like get back into it carrie like fuck a senator you know or whatever she's gonna do I don't know. Oh, she's gonna fuck a senator that would be huge she's gonna fuck a senator. but that's you're right like Chuck the Schumer. old show wouldn't have made it as dramatic and we now we love like our peak tv we're like prestige carrie's got a sob in a shower over like a dead big like that is like that's tv's fault that's our era's fault not their fault totally. i think and but I, th I think what the old one did well is like it really was a comedy first like it was people mm -hmm. they would like do things kind of like for the joke so to speak and then that actually made the moments that were more um dramatic hit more because it was so rare like or when they would have like i don't know there were a few storylines that i felt were like well done for instance when carrie asked to borrow money from charlotte i was like this is like a real like adult problem that I could imagine like real New York City adults having to navigate and you could see both of their sides and 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 like and that felt you know when when you're so used to like Samantha being like anal I did that this morning like then you know it's like it, it gives you something to chew on yeah but the show yeah can't I mean all the show is that. about yeah. the show is real I mean honestly the show is like first and foremost about like friendship yes. and therefore like what's maybe the coolest thing about the reboot is that they lo they lose the closest one of their closest friends and like that's shit that happens yeah. and you don't even see it coming and then when it happens you're like wow i can't believe i was so close with that person that i'm no longer close with what a weird vibe what an adult feeling and it happens to everyone and maybe they should like just dig into that like digging into that totally. i mean i know that they don't really want to touch that anymore because they don't even want to deal with her anymore but like that's the most interesting thing that happened in the first two episodes was like whoa like the lady being like, where's your other one? Did she die? And then being like, she moved to London. And it's like, she was like, what? You know, really? Like, why? what happened? 
<laughs> that was really funny, actually. It was like, I just assume that everyone, if I don't see them, they're dead. I was like, that is, oh, oh, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Mitzi Vaughn, I think that was, what's her, I think that was her, I forget. Yeah. One of the D characters in that show was like, is she dead? <laughs> the one who married Nathan Lane. Uh, right, and he died too. And he died too. <laughs> Of COVID, I think. Oh, oh you're right. Oh, oh, I yeah, do want to talk she... about that. If we're talking about the reboot, which we cannot help ourselves, and it, we, it's just too interesting to not talk about. It, I it's thought it was so tasteful the way they dealt with COVID. <laughs> Is that weird? You did. Wow. Are you mad at me? Wow. Oh my Let's god, I fucked up. <laughs> Wait, no, no, you didn't fuck up. No, 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 no. I... <laughs> no, please say more. <laughs> well, I just felt no, like I wanted to most shows are ignoring it. Uh -huh. Or if they're dealing with it, it's in like an annoying way. And they were kind of dealing with it in a way where I'm like, yeah, like they're kind of dealing with it in a post COVID way, which is not inherently true, but like it makes sense a little bit where it's like, yeah, that was like a weird two years. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. kind of dealing with it like that <laughs> yeah. in a way that I'm like, yeah, that's kind of right. I they, appreciate they could have it. Easily... I mean, that's, yeah. that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. They're having, like, we're going to, we sound like that or we will sound like that. Oh my God, I hope we do. But we, <laughs> that is accurate. You're right. It is weird though, because it's like, I keep thinking that the way that they're dealing with COVID is the way that people who don't need to deal with COVID are dealing with COVID. Like they're clearly so like over it also because they don't have to deal mm -hmm. with it sure. because they're in a place where they're like not having, you know what I mean? They can just go back to brunch, yeah. which like you catch yourself feeling like that, you know, cause you have to. And that's the most realistic thing is that they wouldn't have to deal with it. Yeah. It is weird to talk about it and not have like a single mask. Like it's like you well, you would have a mask that you bring to. The I kind of am imagining thing. that it just takes place in like mid twenty twenty two. Like I, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. like it's just is like oh yeah, God. okay. It takes place when we no longer wear masks or whatever. I don't know when that will be, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because you know it's not now because if they went to like the recital, they'd be wearing yes. like everybody would be wearing right, masks, right, right. even if they weren't wearing masks. Well, that would be even weirder <laughs> if they weren't and then everybody else was. Yeah, that would be a problem. It also just makes you miss Samantha more because you're like. Samantha would have like some crazy take on COVID. She would use the mask as like in sex. Like, oh my God, she would say like, why? I don't need to wear a mask. Like, I've caught every yeah. STI yeah, exactly. there is. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't. What's this thing going to do to me? Yeah. It's or like she would get ridiculous. I also think like Samantha would like get canceled for partying during the pandemic. Like, <laughs> oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. She also Samantha like caught in Dime Square, mm -hmm. like at some underground party. <laughs> she... Oh my god, I miss her. I oh. She would show yeah. her vaccine card and then show like her STI test results being negative. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. <laughs> Samantha would have a fake vaccine. Or she would like, and that would be, like sleep with the person line. administering the vaccine. Oh yeah. <laughs> she would definitely have sex with the Yeah, she'd be like, worker. Oh yeah, I got the shot. <laughs> uh, I got a double injection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he boosted me all night. Oh my god, we need I this. Oh, I know. I mean, um, I so sad. Uh, yeah, it's you feel that they're. I don't know. I feel the sadness of her missing in a way that's kind of nice. Like when the note came that was just like love Samantha, oh. tears, dying. Cried. I can't help it. Cried <laughs> down my cheeks. Actual tears, actually Truly, crying. Truly, could not crazy. believe myself. She sent the flowers, sent the and flowers. they did look good. They looked beautiful. And Carrie didn't also, want flowers. why was there a funeral? <laughs> why was the funeral at like some freaking copacet? What was that? What? Where were we? What was again? That? The funeral felt first movie to me. Like it felt like a scene out of the first Insane. movie. 
Oh my God. I can't believe she had Big's funeral at like, <laughs> like Ikea showroom, <laughs> like emptied. Like, what was that? What, what, like, why? I just yeah. I couldn't. And then she was like, they were, there was like an attempt at like old sexicity humor when she was like, thank God for these lesbians. And it's like, okay, well. <laughs> Almost, you know. <laughs> like, let's... The funeral was planned by yeah. two lesbians, and that's why yeah. there were folding chairs right. in a big white yeah. room. Okay. <laughs> Everyone being like, it's so tasteful. I yeah. thought was really oh funny. Because so it was like, well, it's nothing. It's the absence of any yeah. choice. Yeah, like, okay, so it's a white room. Nothing. It was literally, it was literally like in Willy Wonka where they go into like the Mike TV area where yeah. like that little kid gets zapped in. And it's like, that. it was like, it was honestly insane looking. I just could not believe it. it again interactive theater yes. piece right there is yeah. like that funeral yeah big's funeral Beautiful. they should do I that mean... in times square like how they had the friends coffee shop Yes. They should definitely the do that. Like how they, funeral. How, yeah, that would be so funny. I would absolutely Big's go to Big's funeral. funeral. <laughs> and you can take a selfie with the coffin with the Samantha flowers. <laughs> Samantha flowers. <laughs> um, That's really good. This is all great. I mean, we need to we need to start on these projects. I know. Yeah. Now. I, yeah. Well, all three of us would be great additions to that writers' room. I'll say it. I I have to agree. I think I really I don't understand why we're not I, there. I have so I many good ideas. Yeah. A genuine, genuine dream is to like be two lines on a Sex and the City thing. Like oh, the fact yeah. that there's a Sex and the City reboot. Like, please let me be, you know, the host Sam, of the comedy I feel like show. You could like, you know what I mean? Are you like already? Aren't you already like in the conversations for these types of roles? <laughs> like, I could see you. I would not be surprised if you just I showed agree. up as some sort of like comedy friend of Che's at the bar. Hey, Che, want a drink? Like that's all I, I need. How are you not even? Uh, why are you not involved in this? And here's What's I'm hoping. You know, it's I feel so honored for you to even say that I could potentially be a part of such conversations. And I really <laughs> hope that it is. I hope there is a meeting happening tomorrow at 11 a.m. Where are you kidding? They're saying like season two. Some producer is googling like. Gay act, gay yeah, comedian, yeah, yeah. New York, and your name is like at least in the top five or ten. Sure, and like, yeah. I don't understand 15. how you weren't called in for that. <laughs> Fifteen, <laughs> for sure. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I keep trying to bring us back. We do need to, I guess, wrap soon. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I feel yeah, like we do. I want to do like one last question or something about the original. Like, I because I want to give people something about the original. What do you think, Sam? I, I, I guess we also don't have to. I mean, we've given them a lot about, okay, okay, you're right. and just like that, I, I think, I mean, there's a lot to talk about about the original, but it's hard because the context has changed. <laughs> well, now it's, yeah, now it's like, uh, if, I don't know. It's just weird to have watched I know, I know. the original as, like, I watched the original when I was not the right yes. age, right? Like, I, I, if any, and if anything, it's made it more dangerous because it seeped into my subconscious and made me more of a straight person. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. what? <laughs> is great about this one is that I'm closer to the right age that I should have been when I was watching the original, maybe to have a actually good nuanced perspective on what these women are doing in the city that I live in, living lives that are like weirdly adjacent yeah. to mine, not adjacent, but you know what I mean? Like that could be magically adjacent to mine. And that is weird. Cause now I'm like, I'm too young now, and I was too young then. Yeah. I'm never going to be the right age to consume this responsibly. It's, responsibly. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, to get into, like, uh, yeah, this is, it's too, we it's too deep. Like, okay. to get into our relationships with Sex and the City right now, it's like, that's 
that's a whole extra episode. It's true. It's true. Wow. And we've, it's hard. And we've discussed it many other <laughs> times on the pod. Yeah. I'm sure. I think ultimately, though, like, we have to agree that Sex and City is straight culture. Oh, like 100%. That, like, no, that there's is no not, denying okay. that. It's straight culture, okay. but it's straight female culture well, it's in like, a way yes. that, like, felt right. new. And, like, is it is ex- insanely straight. But I think maybe that's why gay men like it is because it's like, finally, we can sexualize men. Yes. No, yeah. it comes back around. It comes back around. Well, it's about straight womanhood. Like, yeah. it's, like, about, like, what it means to be a woman in 1998. <laughs> which is like what gay men want right okay that's fascinating right like that it's like i think about all like the drag queens that are doing yes. versions of these women and it's almost like this is like a version of w- epitome of womanhood mm-hmm. in some totally. way or like these women especially because they're archetypes of different types of like very specific personalities of women like business women like you know I don't know what the yeah, other ones business, are, like prude whore. woman or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> like virgin woman or, you know, and then like business horror virgin <laughs> and main character and writer, <laughs> Carrie, right? Main character. Right. And like, that's fascinating, right? Yeah. Like that's so interesting to me <laughs> in a way. Um, should we do our final segment? I think we should do our final segment. Oh my God, insane <laughs> to even suggest. Yeah, so our final segment is called Shoutouts, and in it we pay homage to a, a classic street to tradition of giving a shout out to anything we enjoy. Hmm. Imagine it's 2001, you're in Times Square at TRL shouting out to your squad back home, but about anything uh, you can think of. Um, George, do you have one? Sure, I can, I'll, I'll go. Okay. What's up? Whores and businesswomen. I want to give a quick <laughs> shout out to Christmas markets. That's right, oh. outdoor Christmas markets. I'm talking the Union Square Christmas market. I'm talking about other ones potentially in your hometowns or cities you might live in as listeners all across this great nation and world. The other day, I had some time to kill before a showing of Paul Thomas Anderson's licorice pizza, and I and I said I'm gonna go into the Union Square Christmas Market and really see what's up in here. And let me tell you something: I was like a kid in a candy store. I got so in the Christmas spirit. I bought two separate mediocre food items, and I almost <laughs> bought this like the, 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 everything there was um, not something I would purchase, but I was so happy to be in its vicinity. I'm talking pieces of wood that are etched in different phrases. I'm talking about novelty prints where Disney princesses are giving the middle finger. I'm talking about personalized keychains, mugs, plates, all kinds of kitchen items, really. And all of these things put me in such a great mood and so in the Christmas spirit. And I thought, you know what? I am so happy that we can finally, after this punishing pandemic, which is of course over, uh, really uh, get together as one and celebrate the birth of Christ. And that's all I have to say about that. Woo! Woo! Wow. Um, that's wow. beautiful. Mm. And I think inspires me um, to maybe be a little trite what's up <laughs> listeners um i just want to give a huge big old shout out to um the charlie brown christmas soundtrack this fucking album 
changed my life. I can put the Charlie Brown Christmas album on and just uh, um, get completely into the holiday spirit. I feel classy. I feel uh, wistful. I feel joy. I get every single emotion. Oh, and I even want to dance a little because, ooh, that uh, that boppy little jazz does speak to me. It's the best album. It's the only Christmas music that um, I don't get annoyed by and it works in every single occasion driving partying thinking you can put on the charlie brown christmas soundtrack and just live your beautiful life xoxo sam Woo! <laughs> wow wow you know this is gonna be fall. i'm realizing i'm trying to like do the math in my head i think this will be like our christmas episode <laughs> like the one before christmas. <laughs> oh, oh wow i love that that's so funny perfect <laughs> Lindsay, take it away. Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay, I have a Sex and the City themed one. Or, I think. Perfect. Okay. Hey, you disgusting New Yorkers. <laughs> have you heard of pickup and drop off laundry service? Yeah. Let me tell you, this is the best thing about living in New York. You can have somebody come get your dirty, disgusting laundry, clean it for you, fold it, and then return it to you the next day. I don't know where else you can have that happen. Mm -hmm. That is truly iconic. Literally, when I moved to LA, I realized they didn't have that there or I couldn't find it. And I said, I'm moving back. <laughs> I can't live in this city without this service. And let me tell you, when they give it back to you, it's wrapped in plastic. It's beautiful. It's clean. You don't have to do it yourself. Wow. The best city in the world. Big <laughs> Apple, baby. Take a bite. Woo! Thank you. Take a bite. Take a bite. You know, I've never done that. <laughs> what? what? Oh, my God. It's have you said? Okay, I forgot to include this. It's not even that expensive. Just the drop off? I've never done anything that isn't me personally doing my own laundry. Oh my God, you have you to. Are, it's the <laughs> treat yourself, it's the, love, yourself. love yourself. It's not expensive. It's really not expensive. It's, it's the greatest luxury. Like it oh. makes life so much better. You have to do it. I know. Do you um, drop it off or do they come pick it up? No, they come pick it oh, up I drop and it then off. they bring it back to me. Wow. wow. So you <laughs> drop it off at like a laundromat and they and yeah. it happens? Okay. Yeah. I used to be really against it, and then Misha was always doing it, and I was like, fine, I'll try it. And I was like, oh, wow. No, it's amazing. You know how you have those things? It, it, you have those things where you're like, I don't know why. It's like things that you think of as like, not bougie, but like that you think of as like something like a spoiled person would do that you like. Yeah. No, you think that would be expensive yeah. beyond your means, and I promise you it is not. <laughs> it is not, unless you're doing laundry constantly fascinating i mean it truly like takes so long yesterday i did three loads of laundry and folded each of them and it took truly all day oh you gotta no, drop it, it off forget that forget <laughs> that and the the argument is that what girlies always say to me is oh not all my clothes they like don't treat them yeah. well okay then you fucking wash that be your beautiful clothes yourself and give them your sheets your towels yeah. your whatever those things like it's fine okay. it just will save you so much yeah, time. it yeah. takes so much time. Well, you know what? I'm ready. And I, I hope there's a Sex and the City storyline about all of them doing laundry. Oh, my God. <laughs> if I was in the writer's room. Oh, yeah, that would be no. a, it would be a season long arc. <laughs> you know, I'd bring it up. See, once again, Samantha would sleep with the guy picking up her laundry. Like, who's going to do that? Great. Ugh. And she would mess up the honestly the best relationship. And she'd say, oh, now who's going to do my laundry? I can't give this guy my dirty laundry, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. It writes itself. Exactly. Or she would then give him like her new dirty laundry and it would have like cum stains from a different guy. And then that's how he would find out he was cheating on her. 
look, yes. we got to I mean, get it right 100% there, so. yes. It writes itself. Great. When she comes back to the show, we can enter the writer's room with these ideas. Here's a question. Do you, sorry, I know we need to go, but do you think like there is literally any chance this will be a huge hit and then Kim Cattrall will want to come back? Okay. Yes. I always said no, but Bobby keeps saying yes. And actually we have a big fight about oh. this. So I'm like still like there's no way because there's the bad blood is so fucking it really bad. Is so bad but money money talks yeah. so maybe i don't know you say I yes i also Sam. think i i think yes i think they're clearly they could have killed her off <laughs> and they're clearly not and they're leaving the door open they certainly and, left the door open intentionally yes like yes a hundred percent and i think i think it's really possible that she comes back i mean it would be oh it would be the ultimate switcheroo on us as a culture. Can you imagine the scene, like the first scene of season two, Ugh. her coming back? Me crying. I would die. I will not stop crying. I would lose <laughs> oh my, my shit. God. It's just so hard because the 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 reason why she's not there is so nasty. Like like she really hates Sarah she Jessica really Parker. Does. Like, and everyone her, is on you know? Sarah hates her. Jessica's side. Ugh. Right, and hates her more than a million billion yeah. dollars. That's what's the craziest thing. She hates her more than money, yeah. a lot of money. And that's like, you know that's like true hatred. Right, and everyone loves Sarah, like on the show. They're all like, thank you, our savior, executive producer. And also, I, lo I love Sarah. Sarah Jessica Parker is one of my favorite celebrities ever. She seems like she actually has a kind of good head on her shoulders. You know that when she works at her She's, store, she literally right. puts, she like gets on her knees and puts shoes on customers? Stop. I heard that somewhere. Imagine her putting a shoe on you. She also is like friends with good people. Yeah, like I agree. she has like good taste. Right. And her Instagram is not cringy. Not no. cringy. Like sweet. She's yeah, smart. Wholesome. She also like is a big reader. Like I feel like she's she knows about books right. and theater. She can read. <laughs> when a woman can she's, read. Uh, obviously, we love like a New York gal. She's always like talking about New York shit. Wait, Lindsay, I literally I'm this is at a hundred percent serious request. You and I should go see her and Matthew Broderick doing that. Um in Plaza Suite. Okay. So here's the thing. Tickets that are like four hundred dollars. So it's like <laughs> it's a joke that I'm not sure that we're willing to like go through with. Uh, but I okay. think we I think if via various PR strings, maybe we can figure out how to get free tickets okay. and go and we should go. I'm I am like I really want to Yeah, know. no, I would love to see her live acting. That would actually be Whoa. stunning. It would be amazing. Yeah. Right. And with Matthew Broderick, who's a great actor. Well, folks, what's her who's what's her son's name again? James Wilkie? James Wilkie. Yeah. And she has twins, twin that's girls. Right, that's too. right. Well, shout out to the whole family. Yeah, we love and, you. Um, <laughs> and and we and raising our cosmos to the whole cast. To the whole and cast. Kim Cattrall, we are open to welcoming you back into our lives. Yeah, please let love in and forgiveness. Um, and I hope you can work through whatever beef you have. Great. Cheers, ladies. Cheers, to ladies. The city of New York. <laughs> to labels and love. To labels and love. <laughs> Goodbye, lovers. <laughs> um, but Lindsay, thank you so much for doing the podcast. It was great to have you. Oh my God, it was such a thrill to be here. Thank you for letting me talk more about Sex in the City. <laughs> Uh, and so it goes. What's it called? And just like that. <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> Nevertheless, <forgetting>. she persisted. <laughs> <laughs>